재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Every Sunday, we start the show with Helen Cho's hot new releases. Helen is a freelance translator, interpreter, and the bearer of book news for the bookend. Good morning, Helen. Good morning. Happy bookend. Yes, happy bookend. Oh, my goodness, Helen. (laughs) You're on fire. I am. (laughs) So you have news from the international literary world for us today, right? Yes, I'm here to tell you all about some of the most incredible efforts that have been taking place across the world Mm -hmm. to bring books and reading closer to people. Incredible efforts. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Some really amazing stuff. So mm-hmm. let's start um, from Singapore. So Singapore now has vending machines that sell books. Oh, wow. I know. Isn't that amazing? They should have these vending machines everywhere. Uh-huh. So Books Actually, an independent bookstore in Singapore, has placed a number of book vending machines in public areas with height football. Mm-hmm. There's one installed at the National Museum of Singapore, another one at the Singapore Visitor Center, and a third one is going to be put in place at the Goodman Arts Centre headquarters for the National Arts Council in did, Singapore. Did yeah. you say that the independent bookstore is called Books Actually? Yes. Oh, wow. Is that a reference to the film Love Actually? I hope so. Books actually are all around. Yes, books are all around. <laughs> yes. Well, they should be anyway. Yes. And the cost for this amazing project was partly funded by a grant from the Singaporean Government Standards, Productivity and Innovation Board. Mm-hmm. So just like your typical vending machine, books will be dispensed with some handy cash and the press of a button, mm-hmm. except there'll be no refund or exchange. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible if you can get a vending machine to give you a refund know, exactly. on a book that you were kind of disappointed with. Mm-hmm. But I've actually seen book vending machines in Korea too, um, like subway stations. They were mostly Sudoku books and puzzles, but it's the, the kind of... Um, Books that you find near the supermarket checkout lines. Oh, I think which mm-hmm. I know which ones you mean, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. there's some really small ones. But these ones are really different because each mm-hmm. of these new machines carries about 120 to 150 books. Oh, wow. With between um, 20 and 22 titles by Singapore publishers available at any single time. Oh. So, for example, the initial batch of books at the vending machine at the National Museum of Singapore ranges from um, children's book series to graphic novels to poetry and fiction titles mm-hmm. well i would definitely buy graphic novels off vending machines so will i uh-huh. <laughs> yes if i have a long subway ride ahead and i'm like checking out the vending machines like mm-hmm. i always do you know like standing on the platform oh, yes i do that all the time yeah, yeah, yes yeah. <laughs> So, meanwhile, the vending machines at the Singapore Vista Centre also include some DVDs and CDs. So, you know, you can read or watch stuff or listen to some music. Mm-hmm. You'll have so, to uh, carry around your DVD player. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, while these are the first book vending machines in Singapore, they have been around. They, I mean, these machines have been around for some time in places such as Japan and Korea. And like Korea. Just mm-hmm. mentioned. And books actually um, had Kenny Leck has said that this whole idea is about accessibility and eyeballs. 
Okay, accessibility I get, but eyeballs. Yes, eyeballs. <laughs> I'll give you a quote that explains exactly what he means. Uh-huh. He says, "I quote: These vending machines could be a visual touch point. You may not buy a book, but we'll let you know this exists. From there, there could be more possibilities. So they're there to just really mm-hmm. let us know that they It's exist. Like a marketing strategy, mm-hmm. right, right? So ultimately, they want to put them at train stations, mm-hmm. and you know, um, the a fantastic idea. It is a fantastic." idea. Idea, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because sometimes airports, airports, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have bookstores at airports, don't they? Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. They should get rid of the um, bookstores and just put vending machines up with graphic novels <laughs> yes. and put more people out of their jobs. And Mr. Lex, <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Lex says he got the idea from um, the Penguin Cubator, a similar machine rolled out by Penguin Books in London in the 1930s. So, oh my God! So. Did you just say Penguin Cubator, like yes. Penguin Incubator? Oh my God! That is the cutest thing I mm-hmm. have ever heard. So can you tell us about yet another global of effort to promote reading and bring literature valiantly to yes. the people? This time we go all the way to the stage to Boston. So Yay! <laughs> Apparently, when it rains in Boston now, the sidewalks reveal poetry. Oh, so if you ever find yourself walking mm-hmm. through Boston during a downpour, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you keep your eyes on the pavement because you see a poem appear just before your eyes, like magic. So That's very poetic. It is very poetic, uh-huh. um, and it's really amazing. Um, for the last few months, like people living in Boston, Bostonians wandering the city streets in the rain mm-hmm. may have come across poems written on the sidewalk. So it's a real silver lining, you can say, to cloudy mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this project is titled Raining Poetry and is an art installation um, that was actually a collaborative effort between the non-profit organization Mass Poetry and the city of Boston. Mm-hmm. And we're back to accessibility and eyeballs, like accessible poetry. You mm-hmm. got to keep your eyes peeled to, mm-hmm. to find the poems. What's the physics behind the poems? So, if you're wondering how this works, um, they use a very special biodegradable water repellent spray to. St- Stencil poems on concrete streets in mm-hmm. Boston. So when it's nice and sunny, you can't really see them because the letters are invisible. But mm-hmm. once water hits them and it starts raining, mm-hmm. all these words reveal you know, themselves to us. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like wax, I guess. Will it? Like water repellent. Mm, mm. I see what. It, oh yeah, that's a kind of an easier, simpler way of understanding it. Right, right. Um, so the first poems were installed on April the first to commemorate the start of this year's National Poetry Month in the states, and several more poems were added to the streets on May the thirteenth, and these poems were selected based on their relationship to Boston as well as the general themes of water and rain. Mm-hmm. I really like that idea, water and rain poems on rainy streets. So, mm-hmm. like, it's related to the whole atmosphere of the city. So, who's going around the city actually writing, like, physically writing the poems on the sidewalks? So, these poems were each installed by members of a local youth organization called the Mayor Mural Mayor's Mural Crew, mm-hmm. and you know, um, this organization introduces young artists to the process, the idea of creating public art. Mm, so Mayor condoned. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> It's always lovely when you find these little surprises in like perfectly ordinary places you, you frequent every day. It makes you feel more connected to your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. They, they really wanted to make sure that the first poems for this project were somehow connected to the city of Boston. And, and the idea was to draw works from poets who were influential in the area. Mm-hmm. 
in Boston, I, I was really amazed to find out, isn't the only city to feature this kind of street graffiti. Um, back in 2013, two years ago, the artist Nathan Charette used hidden stencils in Atlanta. Oh. And last year in 2015, um, something very similar was launched in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, a friend of mine took me to a pedestrian bridge that had tiny picture frames right under the railing where you would normally only find, like, half-chewed gum. My goodness. Like, where, where people... Yeah, but it, w- it was there, the tiny art, and it just felt really good to find art in these, like, ordinary places. But then you have to make such a great effort to actually see them. Like... Yes, but it's totally worth it. Oh, is yes. it? Wow. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> as for this, back to this poems, the biodegradable spray that they use wears off in about six to eight weeks, mm-hmm. but they are actually going to install more poems in more diverse areas and even, this is mm-hmm. um, where it gets more exciting, introduce poems in other languages. Oh, nice. Because the idea really is to bring poetry to the masses of people. Mm-hmm. Masses of Massachusetts? Yes. <laughs> Yay, I made a pun. Yes, and <laughs> this way, you know, those who live in Boston will be more aware of the rich history of the area, the city. I mean, it was, after all, home to the likes of Sylvia Plath, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Bishop, E.E. E. Cummings, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. I think T.S. Eliot also went to school there. Did he? Yeah. You should know better. (laughs) So let's find out what else is going on in another part of the world. Well, in the Middle East, they have their poetry equivalent of pop idol. Oh, wow. I know, it is a major one. It's like an audition show? Yes, a poetry audition show, poetry competition show. Uh And the the objective of this program is to help keep alive an age-old tradition using Bedouin dialect. Mm -hmm. And it is a dialect that is very barely understood outside the Arabian Gulf. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So apart from the glory of winning this competition, a student, and um, Ku- Kuwaiti student took home a prize money of 1.36 million US dollars. Oh, that is, that is really good is money a for, of, <laughs> for a poem. There is a lot of money for being good at poetry writing. Mm-hmm. And this television show is followed by millions and millions of poetry lovers across the region. Wow. I think w- there, there are two things that are truly amazing about, about this this thing that you just said. Well, first of all, he won 1.36 million US dollars for, then, for writing poetry. And there's millions of poetry lovers actually watching this I show. Know. That oh, is amazing. Yes, it is the place for poets to be, I mm-hmm. suppose, the Middle East. Yes, if you're a poet, you should move to the Middle East where, where they pay you mm-hmm. really good money to write poems. So tell us about the winner. So he he won the um, competition with this Nabati poem. And I looked up actually what a Nabati poem was. And this is the kind of traditional Arab poetry. Mm-hmm. And the winner was um, crowned the 2016 champion of Millions Poet. That's the title of the program. Mm-hmm. And it took place in Abu Dhabi for the seventh year this year. Mm-hmm. And he said he's, um, when he won the award, he said that this was the biggest achievement of his life. Mm-hmm. And the winner studies law in Cairo. And he's going to keep the flag for a year. And then after that, he can defend the title or he can pass it on. Mm-hmm. Wow, that, the, the art that you can fund when you have the money to do it. I know, and he said after reading the award, I quote, Poetry is a gift I received from God. I did not inherit it from my family. I work on it with passion and I give it all that I can. Mm. And 
the winning poem describes his passion for writing, and it really put him ahead of five other finalists. Mm-hmm. And every time he recited a quarter of his Nabati poetry, he got so much cheers and like support from the audiences.、Mm, so the poem was about his passion for writing.、Mm-hmm. We need that show in Korea. I know.、Yeah. I think I don't have a TV at the moment, but、uh-huh. if this kind of you buy show, a TV, I know I buy a TV just to watch the show live.、Uh-huh. <laughs> and just going back to this program,、um, eliminations were based on the votes of the jury and the television audience, and the six finalists included an, a woman as well.、Mm-hmm. And poems with political messages、um, drew reactions from studio audiences, as you can imagine, with cheers for poets who criticised Yemeni rebels or the Arab. Spring revolt,、mm. so it's all serious stuff sometimes.、Mm-hmm. And one of the jury members actually said,、um, "Quote: Contrary to other people's poetry for the Arabs is not just an art; it records their lives and documents events."、Mm. I think partly that is the role, a function, if you like, of literature these、mm-hmm. days. Right, and、mm-hmm. poetry played an important role during the democratic、uh, democratic movement in Korea as well.、So. It's a form of、mm-hmm. reacting against what you find、right. unjust, like unjust、mm. around you. I think right, right.、Um, so that's a nice segue、um, into our next and last topic for dis- of discussion today: Korean poetry. So, how is Korean poetry doing? Doing really well, in fact.、Uh-huh. Poetry is becoming more popular than fiction in Korea, which means the market for poetry books has been growing fastly and fast and steadily in contrast to the falling sales of fiction titles. Oh wow! So, according to a leading local book retailer, the number、mm-hmm. of poetry books sold has gone up by eighty-five point three percent compared to this time last year. That is、mm-hmm. quite that an is, impressive number, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is impressive. So, the books that Poetry collections that have been really popular this year include、um, Sky Wind, Star and Poetry, Hanuga Paramga Pelgashi by Yoon Dongju, Dear Assassin by Park Seok, and、uh, for those who have forgotten about poetry, Shirul Izun Kudaege by Jung Jae Chan. That poet is actually alive. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jung Jae Chan. Yes, yes.、Um, so the subtitle of Jung Jae Chan's collection was Gong Dae Seng's Gasmul Ulin Si Kangi. How would you translate that, interpreter? Uh, poetry lectures that made the engineering students' hearts weep or made them cry. <laughs> <laughs> Does it really take much to make an engineer's heart weep? I have no idea. I'm just going to go and stand outside the Department of Engineering at any random university and give these books out. <laughs> <laughs> If you have an engineer in your life and you want to find out, give him or her a copy of "For Those Who Have Forgotten About Poetry" or "Shiru Ijun Kudaege" by Jung Jae Chan. Oh, don't forget about poetry to start with. <laughs> And on that note, we have arrived at the end of hot new releases. Thank you so much, Helen, for coming in. And enjoy your Sunday. Yes, I'll see you next week. Coming up next is today's roundtable. But first, let's listen to Matrix by Chick Corea.